welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is the podcast that almost didn't happen. It is episode <laughs> 18. You are here with your host, Budget Pedal Chap, and you are joined once again by uh, Paul Mason. Say hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Of course. I know, I know. I just, I, I have <laughs> it will to have one a, day. <laughs> I just, I have to have a go at Ollie every time he does it because he's the youngster. He's the whipper snapper. <laughs> right, so we're going to kick it off um, with our what you been up to's this week. Uh, Paul, have you got stuff to share with us? <laughs> yeah, you know what I said about I fitted the uh, the kill switch last week. Yep. Yeah. Um, hey, what? Well, not a kill switch. Sorry, the blower yeah, the, switch. The blower switch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not now. Volume control, doing it. <laughs> oh bloody hell! <laughs> no, what I've what I've done. Um, fortunately, I've got like a huge pack of pots in the in the cupboard somewhere. Yeah. But I think what I've done is I've overheated the pot that was in there. Oh, so it's dear. it's warped the uh, the track. Yeah. Inside it. So it's like you have to sort of knock it about a little bit to get it to sort of get the right volume oh dear. when you've activated the switch, which is a pain in the arse. Yeah, it's, um, it's not quite as uh, intended really, is it? Uh, no. It still, when it, when you get it set right, it still works brilliant, but yeah, it takes a bit of playing about to get it to that point. Yeah, it's not, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest and put my hands up i've um i've absolutely fucked over pots using a little bit too much heat so it's uh, yeah. it's an easy easy uh thing to do i was i was actually discussing this with our american friend josh wood oh yeah fair and plan. we both came to the conclusion that what i've done is to, right when i got my soldering iron i was oh yeah i think it was about 16. Yeah. In fact, no, I don't even think I've left school. And I've still got the same soldering iron now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, so, bearing in mind, at school, you know, pretty much nothing about soldering irons because your school provides them for you. Yeah. So, I went out and bought one. I didn't know anything about checking wattages or anything like that. And I've discovered that it's a 25 watt. So, I think what I've done is I'm using too low a wattage yeah. So I'm having to keep it in place for a lot for, longer yeah, for to longer. get the solder to melt. Yeah, so it's overheating stuff. I was told by a um so by a by a guitar tech to get at least forty watts. Um and I, I did exactly the same thing as you. I just yeah. I went to um I went to Maplin and went, I'm gonna buy myself a swanky a swanky new uh soldering iron. Oh, that one's uh, got variable heat. That's surely gotta be gotta be all right. Found out um, from the uh, from the guitar tech. Oh yeah, the um, the the transformers used in variable heat um, soldering irons can can really uh, fuck your pickups. It's like oh yeah, cool, cool. I won't be using that again. Um, fortunately, it doesn't do so bad for um, for microelectronics. So I've been using it for my pedal builds instead. Yeah. Um, which kind of brings us swiftly on to what I've been doing this week. Yeah. Um, so part part of that has been, it's it's been the other side of the pedal build, which is the kind of making the enclosure look pretty. Um, so all of you who um, who follow the Instagram or just kind of uh, follow the podcast, like we uh, mentioned last time, um, I've been having trouble with the um, the paint that I was using. Um, so I went out and bought some, some paint specifically for, um, for like, um, coating metal. Um, and it worked out pretty well. I managed to get a nice even coat. Um, it's starting to look nice. Drew my, um, immature graphic on once again. Uh, your graphic graphic. <laughs> the gra yeah, the graphic graphic. <laughs> um, and then put some clear coat and on and it was looking absolutely beautiful. Um, so tonight I thought I'm just going to put one more coat of clear coat on just to make sure it's all all sorted and then then that'll be finished. Um, falling at the final hurdle. The uh, the clear coat's now cracking and it's it's looking absolutely horrible. So 
I'm going to have to strip it back and start again. Um, but hey-ho, we live and learn. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll learn that once it looks good, just leave it alone. Just leave it there. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, it's always less than hard learned, isn't it? I know, yeah. It it just means that I'm gonna to have to get this the uh the very rough grit sandpaper out again. Um but hey ho. Um I've I've put some primer on some um some other enclosures and, and they're going good at the moment, so fingers crossed. Yeah. Um something that I also did this week. Um I, I picked up a guitar that I don't play as often as I should. Um but the last time I played it, I'd, I'd restrung it, uh, and I'd, re- yeah. I'd restrung it with uh, a set of nines. Um, so I was playing this guitar, and it felt really good. Uh, and then only kind of like twenty minutes, thirty minutes in, I'd realised that actually the um, the string gauge was was a little slacker than I'm used to, um, and it it kind of got an internal dilemma um, going with me. Because I am a tens guy through and through, no matter what I'm playing, I I have tens on, um, and I've I've got something like four or five spare packs of tens, and very reluctant to switch over. But these nines felt very very nice, so I don't know. Is this a is a midlife crisis going on here? No, I think it's something that. That happens to everyone. Um, I've been playing tens since I was about 17, 18. Yeah. Um, actually, originally, I jumped straight from nines to elevens. Woo-hoo. That kind of caused massive amounts of cramp. So I dropped down to tens and decided that I really liked them. Yeah. So I've, I've been playing them for nearly 20 years now. Cool. Um, I actually, I needed a set of strings, and I was sort of. I ended up grabbing. Well, I, I'd ended up. I got a set off uh, John Ashton. Oh, cool. And there were either nines or nine point fives. Yeah. Um, PRS, which are actually made by the Dario, which is what I normally play. Yeah. Um, and he. He gave me these strings, and I noticed that bending them was slightly easier. Yeah, it yeah. didn't necessarily sound any any different, but the the thinner strings it was noticeable under your fingers. And whenever I sort of played a bend on the high E string, I was terrified I was going to snap it. Oh dear. Uh... I can't say. Plus, I was always always shooting notes when I was bending. Yeah, I mean that that's what I'd noticed. It weren't necessarily the bending that I was overshooting notes. It was more the um, the kind of semitone inflections um, that you do on certain notes. Yeah. Usually, it's quite subtle, um, but with the nines, it was I was I was overshooting it, and it was it was almost becoming a bend. So yeah, it would be something. I very rarely do anything subtle on the guitar. It's like <laughs> I'm I'm very ham-fisted, so even my vibrato sounds like a half tone bend. Oh yeah, the classic kind of eighties metal vibrato. Got, well, got love it. she's my favourite player, so <laughs> well, yeah, it would it would only be natural to do so. I mean, I, I tend. Have you seen his way of doing vibrato? No, how's he? How's he approaching? How he's got fingertips left, I will never know. He'll. <laughs> He'll do the normal sort of waggle the string up and down sort of shimmer. Yeah. But for for a really wide vibrato, before we learned about the the whammy bar. Yeah. He was sort of he was he was trying to replicate using the bar With his without fingers. using the bar. So what he ended yeah. up doing was his idea of vibrato was to play a massive um like Three semitone glissando about twenty times one after the other. Oh, right, right, yes, uh, kind of great. So he's, style he's sort of like just zip, he's zipping up and down yeah. really quick. I mean, the hand motion doesn't bear thinking about. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's when you try it, it 
burns the shit out of your fingertips. Yeah, it, it can do, yeah. And he does that. He, he, he does that about 40 times in a two-hour gig. It's like, how have you still got fingers? Talking about um, emulating a whammy bar, I uh, I released a, a video on my um, Budget Pedal Chap YouTube channel this week um, about right. imitating a whammy bar using uh, pre-bends. Um, but it's it's got nothing to do with glissando, so it's it's something. Uh, it's a nice little trick to to learn that one. Actually, it sounds pretty. Uh, sounds pretty nice. Um, I think I might have to watch that one because I do like the idea of of being able to do that without actually using the bar itself. Even, even though I've got a guitar with a Floyd Rose, um, <laughs> I, I do like the idea of being able to sort of confuse people's ears by doing it without using the the Floyd. Yeah, I mean, it, the the way I uh, developed it, I was um, I was teaching some um, some guitar students um, about whammy bar use, but I didn't have a, a guitar with a whammy bar, so I just kind of emulated it uh, mm. by like pre bending and then kind of wiggling my hand, uh, and it made them giggle. So uh, <laughs> I kind of developed it from there as a little gag. Um, but it's it's a great little trick to um, to confuse punters and and just generally to get that whammy bar sound without having to bother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that was uh, that was kind of my week in playing, um, and I'm I'm at that that crossroads where I I need to decide whether I'm I'm going to stick with tens and just kind of man it up a little bit, or um, move move over to nines and. <laughs> And um, have to reset everything and the huge cost that that'll come with as well. Yeah, I think, I th- I think for, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd always, I know, well, I know it's not about me, but I'd always stick with 10s. I've spent that long playing them. I couldn't see myself switching to any other gauge now. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's where I'm at as well. Considering I've, I've um, not so long ago... I bought a set of um, Ernie Ball Paradigms, um, some MYXLs, and um, some uh, Elixir OptiWebs, all in gauge tens, and they're all installed on guitars now. So right. I, I don't really want to get rid of them because they're bloody expensive. How do you expensive. find the difference between them? Um, I, I didn't like the uh, the XLs, the MYXLs. I thought they sounded dull out of the box. Oh, okay. Um, the paradigm seemed like a normal set of guitar strings, so didn't necessarily seem like there was a great deal of difference. Um, it, yeah. The tuning stability was a little bit nicer, um, and the OptiWebs seemed incredibly bright. Um, it's almost overbearingly bright. Um, so, I don't know. That that's just kind of my snapshot opinion, but I didn't, I haven't played them all that much to be honest, because yeah. um, I'm planning on doing like a little shootout with them, and if I play them, then they're they're gonna add life to the strings. Um, yeah. But I don't know if I'm gonna get around to that. I, I need to check see see what the strings sound like anyway. Um, Have you compared the NYXLs to the normal XLs? Uh, yes, because I, uh, I I play. Um, Dodarios as my standard strings um, yeah, and honestly I preferred the the standard ones standard XLs over the NYs yeah yeah I think I think I do anyway enough pontificating because mm-hmm. we've uh, <laughs> we have prattled on for almost uh, a quarter of our show um, already. I know yeah it's mental isn't it um, we've got a big news week uh, and this week we are going to we're going to luxuriate in um, in a release from a company that I love. Uh, so TC Electronic, they have released something called the Analog Armada, which is a series of um, pedals within their budget line. Um, mm-hmm. This is the line that um, got a little bit of flack for being rehoused Behringer pedals. This new uh, new addition to that line... Definitely not the case. They are uh, there's some very exciting things within that line. Um, so there are eight new pedals, 
I'm going to do a quick rundown. You can hear the rustling of the paper already because I, I, I need notes on this one. Uh, so we've got we've got a fuzz, we've got a distortion, we've got a overdrive, which doesn't sound all that exciting yet, but we've also got an octaver. Uh, yep. We've got a chorus, which is uh, called the third dimension. Yeah. Uh, we'll go a little bit more into that, but uh, yep. Interesting chorus. Um, there's a uh, trem, uh, and this tremolo has got a um, a sweepable. Weird name. Yeah, he's got he's got a weird name. <laughs> Definitely got a weird. I'm trying name. to figure out whether it's called a choker or a chocker. <laughs> I think it's called the chocker. Um, right. But this, yeah, it's got um, it's got a sweepable. Um, wave on it so you can go from sawtooth to um to square wave and in yeah, between it's a low frequency oscillator isn't it uh yes the, yeah because it, it's got three different modes doesn't it um so we've also got it's the to me anyway <laughs> we've got the the um crescendo um auto swell yeah uh which is essentially like a, a volume pedal that does it automatically for you and then we've got yeah. the, the iron curtain noise gate. So we're gonna we're gonna have a, a close look at some of these uh, and kind of discuss. So honey pop fuzz is our first one. Uh, this one. To be honest, I buy all these pedals just for names. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. The the names aren't bad. Um, <laughs> I think my favourite one so far is the El Macambo. Yeah. Uh, it's it sounds. I mean, the the name itself sounds wicked, but. The pedal sounds yeah, brilliant as well. Um, so start yeah, off, uh, Honeypot Fuzz. This is certain um, muffly-based fuzz tone. Yeah. Um, so I mean, in the um, in the product description that TC have um, have put out, they they mention Dave Gilmore, they mention Billy Corgan. It's in unmistakably uh, big muff sounding. Um, yeah. So that that's pretty cool, and it sounds pretty convincing. Very, um, uh, I mean, think as the name suggests, very uh, smooth, very kind of syrupy sounding fuzz. Very rich. Yeah, very rich. Um, very so, sweet. so that that's the the honey pot fuzz. Uh, to my ear, it sounded pretty good. Um, I'd definitely like to try one of these out. Um, our next one up is the iMaster Metal Distortion. Um, out of the entire, um, out of the entire cohort, the the Armada, if you will, this is my least favourite. Um, yeah, I think. Generally speaking, metal distortion isn't for me as is, but in terms of like the sound that it was producing as well, um, it didn't it didn't ring true for me. Well, as soon as it, I saw the description that said it will appeal to metal players, metal players, it just made me think of the um, the boss metal zone. I mean, it it looks quite similar to the metal zone in terms of the uh, the color scheme, yeah. um, but it's it's a two knob. Um, Two knob distortion. There's not um, there's not room for uh, a tonal shaping. Um, and my impression from it, it was really kind of boxy sounding, really kind of honky in the mid range, and n not much else. Yeah, um, which is generally not what you want from a metal sound. No, I mean they do say that it's um, targeting the the kind of Swedish death metal sound. Um, which I can't say that I'm very, um, <laughs> very au okay with. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe they look really boxy, boxy sounding distortion tones. Uh, but the only Swedish stuff I'm really familiar with is um, certain cars and uh, furniture uh, outlets. Abba. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think. Um, Swedish Swedish death metal is not my forte, um, but we'll move on. Um, so the El Macambo, um, 
possibly the most fun one to say. Um, yeah. Unmistakably based around a green mid-boosty overdrive circuit. Yes. Um, it sounds pretty good to me. Have you have you heard any the um any of the sound clips of this one? I haven't. Um, although I did. Um, I was reading a sort of a brief overview of it, and it mentions it's got uh, symmetrical clipping. Yeah. Um, it says it it gives it more of an amp like character, which that would probably sink me down to a T. Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I mean the 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 market is saturated with uh, tube screamer clones, but this. It it did sound pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that the guy playing is um is a pretty uh, pretty solid player as well. Oh, I always I always does wonders. Uh, and a decent player. <laughs> but yeah, it's um it sounds it sounds pretty good to me. I, I don't think there's much more that you can say about a tube screamer, is there? Um, mm, not really. I mean, they're pretty classic. Um. So let's get onto the um the slightly more interesting side now. So we've got the ne- the Nether Octave uh Octave um which is a dual octave uh sound. So you've got one one octave down and then two two down as well as your dry signal mix. So maybe um based on the uh the pog is it the pod? What, is it purely a down octaver? Yeah, it's pure down. There's no up, as far as I'm aware. Nah, mm, yeah. see that that one? No, no. Yeah. I I like to have the up option as well. Yeah, if it was up, dry and down, that might be a. Yeah. But their um, their sub and up mini does that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it does. Well, it does it as standard. I know they've got the tone print on it, does and you it, can a- apply there's anything. There's a great little thing anything. you can do with the um, if you get an octaver that does one down, one up. Yeah. Um, there's a great little trick that I used to. Um, I mean, all right, bearing in mind that it was um, it was part of a preset on a Zoom Effects unit that I had. But yeah. If you get a one down, one up, it does a very good emulation of a church organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, I've I've seen so, some guys do that. Yeah, I I used to um, I'd actually learn a little passage out of uh, Takata and Fuge. Ah, wicked. Uh, and I and it's like um, it's that famous sort of yeah. But you can turn that into a tapping lick. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've done I that used, as a tapping lick before. Yeah, I used to like. Chuck that effect on and, and do that lick, and it gives it a very good sort of church organ-y, slightly demented sound. Yeah, no, I'd uh, I'd definitely but, be up for that. I actually played yeah, the, uh, the, the the Takata as part of a um a symphonic metal orchestra, <laughs> and I played I played the entire thing on a on a Dan Electro. Um, <laughs> I was rebelling at the time. I thought, no, I'm not going to be metal. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, if I if I would have had a, a an octave pedal that did that, it would have sounded absolutely immense. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Dan Electro sounded wicked anyway, but um, it, with with the octave effect would have been wicked. However, moving back onto the uh, the the Nether, the Nether octave. Um, so we got we got two octaves down. It it mentions um. It's it's there for kind of that earth shattering sub feel. Um and it's basically for anybody who wants to play Royal Board, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, I mean it's um it's kind of targeting that that new kind of pedal person. Um Yeah. But no, it's it's it sounds pretty cool to me. Um What does what does the drag control actually control? <laughs> Uh, I assume the amount of your original that's signal that comes out, yeah. Yeah. Um, so once well, we, I suppose that's something. So it's like a sort of a, a mix control, isn't it? Really. Yeah. If you look at it that way. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, a, a, yeah, like a, yeah, like a blend. Yeah, like a blend. Yeah, like a blend. So we move on to our um, 
this is possibly the one that's been driving everyone crazy, the uh, the third dimension. Yeah. So this is a chorus which is based around a vintage boss stomp, which is the uh, the dimension, I think it was the dimension C, but the, the, there were also another couple of names for it, the space C... Um, it had it had like three different iterations, I believe. They all did the same thing, um, but it's essentially instead of having your standard uh, depth rate mix, um, it had four buttons, and each of those buttons yeah. did something. Which <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> um, but it it's just instant eighties chorus, which is immense. Um, yeah, a lot of people sort of take the mick out of 80s chorus, but I, to be honest, I think that was the best era to to have chorus. Yeah, um, everyone did it. So stuff with, yeah, but I think I think that was a big problem. Was it? It was yeah, overused, it was overkill. Yeah, but that... I mean, when you when you listen to the sort of the vintage choruses, they they've got a bit more character to them than the the newer ones, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I tend to like choruses which are based around the, um, the CE two, which is the two knob, um, boss chorus, rather than the the newer, the ensemble king. Oh no, it's not the ensemble king. That's the newer one, isn't it? The the chorus yeah. ensemble and the um, the super chorus. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're after subtlety. The the third dimension is not it. It does it does eighties chorus, <laughs> and it does it by the bucket load. However, yeah, um, according to TC, it is a very accurate reproduction of the uh, the classic boss pedal. So it's gonna save you a hell of a lot of money if you buy one of them instead of one of the um, the the dimension C's off eBay. Um, the dimension C's are they the ones that cost like a small fortune? Yeah, they're they're running up a, a quite a price on the used market. Yeah, they're in like a weird kind of pinky lilac uh, enclosure as well, which is a bit strange. Yeah, it's very very eighties. Um, so the yeah, there's the the third dimension. Um, the the choker trem or choker trem. Um. Which, again, not really hitting too much new ground apart from this, uh, the the wave selector. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you've got right and you've got depth, which standard standard going. Um. But then you've also got the, like I say, the sawtooth, the, uh, the LFO and the, um, square wave as well. The square wave is that the one that's sort of like on off on yeah. off? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, yeah. Is it, okay. So, it, possibly yeah. find a use for that. It's um, I mean, it's it's your more modern style trim rather than the uh, the old amp, uh, amp style trims. Um, I I don't think I'd have much of a use for it myself because I I much prefer the old vintage style, adding a bit of um, a bit of movement to your sound, rather than. Uh, a more kind of surfy tone, which they were trying to uh, tout it as in the uh, the videos. Um, but hey ho, I mean it's it's not another uh, Behringer pedal reproduction, so all good. Uh, so the crescendo is our next one up. Uh, I mean they, they even well, oh the auto swell yeah the auto swell they they even make fun of the fact that. Um, you probably know what this is based on um, in in the product video, and it it didn't take a, a genius to figure out it's the um, the slow gear by Boss again another pedal which I don't think it's quite as sought after on the used market as the Dimension, but it's gonna cost more than the, these pedals. So I've never actually heard of the slow gear. Um. I think Moore do a, a, a repro of it as well. Um, but essentially, it's, it's an auto swell. Um, it was before its time. 
in terms of design because it, it weren't hugely popular. Yeah. Um, one of the things I found really interesting about it, actually, when, when watching the video, um, it seemed to, it didn't seem to engage when there were fast runs being played, which is, um, it seems like a, a, a bonus to me. Because if I'd know that if I had it on and it engaged for every note that I did and the swell time took longer than my notes, I'd end up just cutting out when I did anything fast. Yeah, that's that's something that I've noticed noticed with um auto swells that I've used in the in the past. Um I mean I'm not a fan of auto swells, so I don't have a tendency of using them. Yeah. But you get you get to a point where it's trying to keep up with you. Yeah. But like you say, the, the, you can never get the swell time quick enough. Yeah, for it to... For it to actually sound like a swell. Yeah. Yeah, it's either sounds all the time or you just get like a little mumble. Yeah, this one, it, um, it seemed to... Once you go past a certain threshold in terms of speed of, of your playing, it seems to... Ignore your uh, ignore your signal and just let the the uh, the notes through. Yeah, just singles. I can't keep. Yeah, just go. Oh fuck this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it sounded pretty cool. Um, again, it's not a pedal that I don't I think that I'll I'll use all that much, but it's interesting. It's really interesting stuff because it's it's reproducing and and again it says they're saying a very, very accurate um, reproduction of the original. Um, so... See, whereas the, right, the, the write-off I'm reading says um, it's an odd effect. <laughs> it, it is an odd effect, yeah. It's it's definitely an odd effect. Um, but, I mean, volume swells are becoming more... Um, more mainstream in the guitar world. I think we've got, um, we've got a little segment later on... Um, about someone who disagrees. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I think volume swells have the place, but I've always been of the the school that you do it with your volume control. Yeah, well, it depends what guitar you play, doesn't it? Because strats, I would do that all day, every day. Because um, the volume knob's in the right place for it. Um, I don't think I'd be able to do it too well with the tellies that I play now. I knew you were going to say that, but... Um, country players do it a lot with uh, with tellies, and all they tend to do is they they take the the control plate off, turn it the other way around, yeah, swap the volume and and tone control around, so it sort of goes volume tone selector. Yeah. Um, and then they have it that way, so they can still do like the violin in sort of and lap steel sort of sounds. Yeah. Um, using the uh, using the volume control. Those guys are also extremely good guitarists, the country lot. Um, but for me, fuck that with a giant stick. That is a fair point, actually. <laughs> I, I'm not defacing my tellies for for what is something that I don't use all that much. I could buy a yeah, true. buy one of these pedals and do it without having to touch my guitar. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll talk about the price in a bit as well because that's another. Uh, another lovely, lovely point of these battles. Uh, right, so mm. finally, the Iron Curtain. Um, yes. A a seemingly Russian um, themed pedal. Um, it's it's actually a noise gate. Um, I don't know much about the controls. I think it's got two, but I I I didn't kind of look into them too much. A threshold and decay. I I'd assume so. Yeah. Um. It seemed to work well. Um, what can you say about a noise gate, really? It shuts up noise. It noise. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, not, it's... not something that I'd ever really use as a standalone, but, uh, I mean, that... Yeah. That said, I've... I've never run anything that hasn't had a built-in noise gate. Yeah. So, whether I would use it with other pedals is... A completely different thing. I mean, even when I used to just run a, a, a standard amplifier, yeah. Um, when I ran the Fender Performer, yeah, yeah. I was using multi-effects units, 
Oh, right. So, so it's all, all got yeah, it's... built-in noise gates. It all gates it, yeah. My Vox, my Vox VT40 is a modelling amp. It's got a built-in noise gate. Yeah. So I, I dare say if, it, if I was running like the Fender Performer and a ton of standard pedals, then I probably would need the noise gate because obviously the more pedals you've got, the more your noise floor increases. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's more the more certain types of pedal you've got. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I, I do exactly that. I I run a, a series of relatively inexpensive and cheap component um, pedals at the front end of an amp. Um, it never yeah. gets in my way, but I don't use great deals of gain. Um, but yeah. what they did say was um, it can be used to like get rid of the um, the single coil noise. Um, so, I mean, that might be a, a useful thing for it. So, yeah. um, in, ter- like, in terms of close competitors, your next, uh, next noise gate up probably costs an extra 30 quid on top of that. Is that the boss one? Yeah, the NS2. Yeah. Um, granted, the NS2 is a much smarter unit um, in terms of the way it functions, because it's it's got its own inbuilt um, like effects loop, where you put the noisy pedals right, yeah. in the, the effects loop, and it will only gate mm. those ones. Uh, this is just you put it at a point in the chain, and it will gate anything before it. Um, but no, it's it's a it's a gate, and it's cheap. So, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> all of these pedals, so as far as I saw, um, are coming in at £52, which, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah. £52 for a, for a, a, a boss dimension C or £52 for a slow gear. Fifty-two pounds for a noise gate. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't come in all that often. I don't think you're going to get a cheap screamer for the that sort of price either, are you? Mm, I mean, the, the decent ones are starting at like eighty, ninety quid. Yeah, I mean, you, your um, your your official Ibanez tube screamers are, but I mean, you could my my um my Instagram channel proves that you can get um you can get decent stuff for. For less than that, I mean, you're talking probably about thirty, forty quid. The um, the the Joyo, um, oh, what's it called? Vintage Overdrive. I, mm. I've not played one myself, but people absolutely rave about them, and they're about thirty-five quid. So, in terms of, I mean, that the El Mac, uh, El what what's it called? El Macambo. Oh, El Macambo. El Macambo. Um, it's not um, treading any um, any new territory. No. But it's it, it's a decent little pedal, and fifty two quid it might be worth uh, might be worth a punt. Sounded pretty good yeah. to me. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. I think we're gonna move on because we've talked. Again, probably another fifteen minutes just about TC pedals, um, <laughs> and people are going to start. Well, yeah, well, you've got a whole range to talk about, then it's 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 easy to do that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so another um, <laughs> pedal company who who bought out some stuff this week, John Hornby Skews. Uh, no, JHS. I was going to say <laughs> from JHS. Yeah, definitely. Uh, John, J, JHS. What's his face? There we- Every, yeah. Everybody's favourite pedal maker. <laughs> He's yeah. Gritty teeth. Uh, Josh, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So they they've bought eight, three pedals this week. Um, the Kilt V2. Um, I can't say I know much about the Kilt, but it's supposed to be based on an Expandora dirt box, which sounds absolutely filthy. <laughs> um, so. By the looks of it, I, like I say, I don't know a great deal about uh, JHS pedals in general, but... Um, I don't even know what an Expandora dirt box is. I've never heard of it. 
no, I, I'm I'm not too okay with it myself. Uh, however, um, the 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 uh, the V2 seems to have brought up some some dip switches, some sorry uh, toggle switches, um, which allow for different gain stages, and there's um, a low uh, a low cut um, flick switch as well, which could be could be cool. Um, so another dirt pedal in in the market. Um, no, yeah. uh, I, I hear good things about the the kilt actually. Um, some guys on on another podcast that I, I'm not going to promote because uh, other podcasts should only listen to this one. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I I listen to a hell of a lot of them. So um, by all means, by all means, listen to as many as you want. Um, but yeah, a couple of the American podcasts, they, um, they, they mentioned the kilt and they mentioned it quite favorably. Uh, they've brought out a, um, a new reverb pedal called the spring tank, Mm -hmm. which dual spring reverb, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, looks pretty cool. Um, kind of amp voiced spring reverb, um, with two presets, which, Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, reverb's reverb, ain't it? It ain't delay. <laughs> <laughs> when this goes out, we're going to have absolute bedlam from that. <laughs> yeah. It's shots fired, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, the, I mean, the, the reason why I've mentioned JHS this week is because of the faux pas that they made on this last one. So yeah. this is the... the uh, <laughs> The green muff, already. yeah, it's the green muff, uh, but they they released it as the Chernobyl mod, which, I mean, it like me seeing that, I I had a failed day. I just thought, how can you, how how did that get past um, just the prototyping stage and no one say anything, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it did, and. Um, then a, a day later. Might as well have called it the Kursk. Oh dear. Um, so so yeah. A, a day later, they um, they retracted it, and uh, and apologised, which it was very um, very big of them. I, I thought it's 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 very noble of a company to to admit their mistakes. Um, yes. However, I don't think that mistake should have been made in the first place. I was just going to say it's it's not the sort of mistake that should ever be sort of made public. Yeah, I mean, it's the reason why we haven't got like the Hitler pedal or or anything like that. Um, just people know better, uh, but apparently not. Uh, <laughs> well, there is a, a pedal manufacturer out there that. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure people are going to know who I'm talking about. Um, they make a a pedal that if you say the name quick enough, it sounds like somebody who enjoys anal sex. Oh, dear. And I'll leave that at that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I can't say another pedal, but um, wonderful. Uh, there are there are certain, certain areas of the market. Um, if... If I said it's somebody who, not necessarily themselves, but their followers are in direct competition with JHS's followers, would you know who I mean? No. I think it, it's, I've, I've had a long think, week, so. I so. think everybody else probably will, so yeah. I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm, I'm obviously being very dense. Um, but, I mean... Having had this kind of um, this faux pas slapped in my face um, from JHS, I actually did a bit of research on the pedal, on the mods, mm. uh, and it actually seems pretty cool. Uh, so they've they've added another knob to the side of it, which is a bit strange, but um, it's a feedback feedback knob, so um, it increases the internal feedback of the circuit. So infinite nasty. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, 
it has three uh, like a three mode toggle switch which does uh low stock and high um and then it has a gain switch as well um which who would have thought you'd need more gain out of a muff pedal but hey ho <laughs> more gain I, I mean actually with we were saying like the having the the name the Chernobyl mod it it shouldn't have got out of there in the first place yeah with some with some of the rumors that go around about JHS if you believe them yeah then it's not really surprising that they did that yeah i don't know i think um i think it's a bit of iffy territory talking about um talking about rumors um and I think we're going to leave it up to the the listeners to do the research into that themselves. Yeah, because I think I personally think it was just it was purely a poor choice of words. They were trying to sort of think of something that was going to grab attention. Yeah, and it did. Calling it... something Chernobyl will do that, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, they just haven't considered it properly. No, no, not That's at all. all. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree. Um. So that's kind of where we're going to leave it with uh, with JHS for this week because we've got a little bit of a meaty topic and we've got about probably about fifteen minutes to cover it. Yep. So because uh, I reckon we'll we'll it'll it'll lead us through to that. So um, there was a, a certain news article this week, um, and it it mentioned the return of a of a band that I um, I got into not so long back. It's the band is Black yeah. Country Communion. Yep. Um obviously it's um Glenn Hughes, Jason Bonham and Joe Bonamassa. Uh, and uh, Derek Sherinian. Oh is that uh Keys? Yeah, keyboard player. He's actually the uh, the current keyboard player with Sons of Apollo. Who are Sons of Apollo? Am I, am uh, I Mike Portnoy's current band. Oh, oh, wicked. Yeah, Mike cool. Portnoy, Billy Sheehan, some guitarist that I've never seen before, some singer that I've never seen before, <laughs> and Derek Trini. Wonderful. Um, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, um, Derek Trini used to be um, who's it's keyboard player, Alice Cooper's. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So you know when he released uh, Poison? Yes, yes. That effect at the beginning, that, yeah. that was Derek Schwinnian. Cool, nice, nice one. Um, so a bit of rock bit royalty there. Trivia. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Of, a little bit of rock royalty. I, I didn't know. I, I um, I got into their stuff uh, from the first album where they were officially touted as a three-piece. Um, but then I kind of had a resurgence of listening to the their catalogue, and I ended up buying their entire back catalogue. Um, yeah. But this um, this interview, which should have been absolutely awesome news, has been overshadowed by a very small segment, uh, which has been picked up by the uh, the guitar press. It's been yeah. ran with by every uh, every forum that we're part of, and then some. Yeah. Um, do you want to do you want to walk us through this, uh, Paul? What this what the this comment has sparked such controversy? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, to be fair, there's a couple of comments in there that I'm surprised the other one didn't really raise so much as an eyebrow. The other one was um, like his, uh, you were telling me, Glenn Hughes and Joe Beard fallen out because yeah. uh, Joe was putting more um, attention on his, his solo career and his touring, which that is his first and foremost job. They, that's that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Black Country Communion was always a side project. Yeah. And yet nobody's called out Glenn Hughes for saying he doesn't pay enough attention to, to Black Country Communion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I say, that, that didn't seem to raise as much as an eyebrow. But uh, as soon as Joe Bonamassa turns around and says um, people are, you, you know, it, he's, he's basic, what's the word for it? 
the the statement behind what he said was basically if you're running an amp and your guitar, then that's fine. Yeah. If you're using a load of pedals and well, his actual words were hiding behind a load of pedals. Yeah. That's fucking lazy. Was his exact statement. There was there was a, a little bit more to the statement than that, but that 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 um kind of excerpt was the the thing that all of the um uh, all of the press were running with essentially. Yeah. So they they were saying, oh, Joe Bonamassa's insulting all of those who use uh, guitar pedals, or or all those people who've got a uh, got massive pedal boards. Um, and the way that I read the uh, the article, um, that wasn't the full story. No. Um, so he was mentioning, uh, I, I think mentioned within the article was um, that guitar effects that are, that sound algorithmic, um, guitar effects that. Uh, or guitarists who call themselves uh, uh, soundscape artists. Um, uh, and these are the kind of people that he was targeting. The the um, the kind of newer newer wave of uh, of guitarists. And uh, it, I think he, he mentions the shoegaze um, movement within guitar uh, by name. Yeah. Uh, so it seems to be very much... Um, aim, like aiming sites at the um, the 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 more modern sound, the the atmospheric guitarist, the the people who use the reverbs and delays and the uh, to to create their their uh, their sounds rather than uh, I think as as he said it, um, the guitarist who put thirty years of uh, of practice into to playing. To make their guitar sound good, uh, and he did. He he said he said that they were they were being lazy. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm probably going to get shot for saying this, and I'm 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 possibly going to cause a massive division in opinions. <laughs> Not that there hasn't been a massive division in opinions already. Oh, it, yeah. Um, but for me personally, I think it. The the backlash that that's caused is a lot of people taking out of context and crying over fuck all. <laughs> um, if I'm to be completely honest and blunt, <laughs> yeah, I can I can understand in a way why people are getting upset. Yeah, um, because you know he's, he's saying oh you know, like people who put thirty years into the plane and all the rest of it. Well, who's to say? I mean, if you, even if you look before Shoegaze, you had guys like King Crimson. Yeah, Fripp. Robert Fripp and that lot, they're all doing soundscapes and all the rest of it. But Who's to, Tangerine Dream. Who's to say that they hadn't spent 30 years perfecting their guitar playing, but just decided to go down a route yeah. that was more of an atmospheric thing? So I can, I can kind of see why people are slightly annoyed about that statement, because it is very gen, generalizing. Yeah. And and it is, it is kind of derogatory. It seems but, like a, a person... Uh, uh, personally, quite divisive uh, statement. Yeah. Um, and well, it, well, at the end of the day, it's one person's opinion. Yeah. What's the point of getting upset about it? Yeah. What I mean, it's like the. Is it, oh, I, I read something a while ago that it was it. It was kind of along the same sort of lines, but more aimed towards users of social media. Okay. What happens when you see something that you find offensive? Yeah. It gets people Nothing. up in arms, doesn't it? Yeah, but what actually happens? What physically happens? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, it's the your choice. It's still going to come up in the morning. It's, you know, just because you get offended about it, it isn't going to be the end of the world. Yeah, it's your choice um, to take offence, and it's your choice to to then act upon it, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think it is, it is actually the case of that. People are taking offence at it when they really don't even need to. It's a comment that you can just ignore and... Yeah. On the um, one hand, I I probably follow Joe, Bonham, Joe Bonamassa's school of thought, but at the same time, I'm smart enough to know that there's people who 
don't and prefer to create soundscapes. Yeah. And I'm not going to criticize them for that because I'm open-minded enough. Yeah. I, th- I think that's where the, the problem lies, isn't it? Um, what I've found is that the, the, the bitterness um, in, in the kind of comment sections of these, of the article um, was coming from people who, who had not, who had read the title essentially and made their opinion there rather than reading the article they had looked at the title and thought i'm gonna uh i'm gonna take aim at this so i think to be honest that's more the fault of yeah that's more the fault of the writers than joe banamassa himself yeah it was very clickbaity joe Joe shared an yeah joe shared an off the off the cuff opinion comment yeah that should have been really taken with a pinch of salt, and they've they've turned it into World War Three. Yeah, it almost has been a um, like a, a shit storm, hasn't it? Um, yeah, and personally, I think he's been scapegoated a little bit. Um, like I say, I mean, I didn't even read the article all the way through <laughs> because seeing yeah. that headline made me not want to. Yeah, because I just took one look at it and went, "Who fucking cares?" <laughs> um, uh, I mean, what my my um my thoughts have kind of gone to, um, if this is maybe a, a either a clever marketing ploy by the um by the writers of the magazines or the the articles, or maybe even a clever ploy by uh Jobo himself. If he throws a little bit of controversy um, into a into a an article, um, yeah, I don't really see how somebody could sort of say right. If I say something negative, that's going to go in favour of my sales. <laughs> and, you know, something that's going to cause such a shitstorm. I don't really see how that works. I uh, do see it being, um, but then again, I'm I'm very sort of. Anti-Juno, um, yeah. which which is surprising considering a co-host the podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, I I have a thing against journalists because they tend to do things like that. They will take something, yeah, and they will spin it out of all proportion to sell their. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and of course. It pisses me off no end. It was the reason I stopped buying. It was one of the reasons why I stopped buying guitar magazines. Yeah. Yeah, it's all it it's all say. driven by advertisement and um yeah and, it, and by living that in, in and the pockets, fact that they won't turn around and say this product is shit when it actually is yeah and they'll say oh this no this product is the best thing ever because they're scared that manufacturers won't send them another one yeah to review later that whole thing was just right do you know what the 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 journalism world in Music has basically caught up with the sun uh, with the Sunday sport. Don't know. There's there's much uh, much less uh, tits and and just general debauchery. I don't know. And, oh yeah, mind well, you, nineties guitar magazines were terrible, weren't they? Not so much anymore. Yeah. Not so much well, you anymore. Well, say, you say there's much less tits. I don't know. I mean, you look at the writers, and you've just got them there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's my opinion and i'm going to get slaughtered for it but you know yeah. like i say like i say i mean i i kind of follow joe school of thought i prefer the sound to mainly come from my guitar and my amp yeah yes i understand like somebody said well you know as soon as you kick in the distortion channel on your amp you've got an effect right there well yes i understand that yeah. but it is still your amp it's your amp's natural tone yeah um, you know, it, it's not being changed. It's not being suppressed. It's not being altered by an outside source. It is still your guitar and amplifier. And the yeah. only other effects I use is a light bit of OD, mm-hmm. just to give me a little bit of a push. Um, and I tend to use a delay, kind of like a reverb. Good man. But I find that. I find the I find the delay gives me the sort of fullness that a reverb doesn't. Yeah, I I tend to find it doesn't get in the way as much of your original tone. Um, yeah. Whereas reverb 
colours the original tone. It darkens everything. Um, yeah. But um, but to, to be honest, I mean, by the when you're playing in life situations, by the time you you reverb gets to a point where you actually notice it, yeah, it's up, it's cranked up full anyway. Yeah, it's in your face um, then, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's when it starts to sort of it, it's getting to a point where it's like you say it's coloring things, but it's if you sort of used it at that level in your bedroom, you'd just hear this massive squelch. Yeah, yeah, there wouldn't be any definition at all. No, uh, so that's why I prefer to use delay because reverb just isn't. It's it's far too subtle in effect. It's yeah. great for use in recording. But yeah, 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 it, definitely. It's it's not so much a noticeable effect live if you want to get that effect then that's when you start looking more towards delays yeah yeah do you hear this but Matt like, do you hear it <laughs> like I say I, I do kind of follow Joe School of Thought like I say I'm, I'm more sensible than to say you know shoegazers are fucking lazy because you know at the end of the day yeah the popular. Yeah, yeah, I think um, Joe needs to put I mean, his money where example... his mouth is and um, release a shoegaze album. Yeah, I mean, if you want an example of lazy players, um, you know, look at the the seventies punk scene. Half the time, they didn't even bother to learn their instruments. Yeah, but they were still popular. Yeah, it, it, so it was, again, it I would never point, have turned it? around and yeah, again, I would never have turned around and said the punks are fucking lazy. Number one, they'll probably smash my head in. Number two, they're too popular to make comments like that about them. I think they probably would have agreed with you more than anything. They would have said... Oh, yeah. actually, yeah, they would. Yeah, we're, we're not musicians. We're we're protesting in a musical form. Um, I think it was John Lydon that said that, wasn't it? I don't know. I just said it. But... I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty sure Johnny Rotten actually did say that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially what it was about, wasn't it? It was the 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 spirit of the punk movement. It was never about the the proficiency of the the instrument being played. Um, swinging it back to old Jobo, um, I think generally speaking, um, it was a bit of uh, a bit of a storm over what could have been. Um, it could have been avoided if people would have would have actually read the article. Um, yeah, and I think people have um, blown it a little bit out of proportion. Is it gonna be detrimental? Who knows? Um, I think probably not to Joe because he's got that much of a a following that nobody's you know. Yeah, the people who are following him, they're gonna turn around and say exactly what I said. Yeah, I think the the people who don't. Yeah, they they uh, already have strong opinions on Joe anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's 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 not losing anything. No, I mean, I commonly saw um in in the comment sections people saying stuff like, "Uh, I already didn't I didn't like Joe Bonamassa. This only cements my opinion of it." Um, so. I mean, he's he's not losing any uh, any core any of his core fans over that, but he's he's definitely alienating a corner of the guitar market um, that they might not have picked his stuff up before, but they're definitely not going to now. Yeah, I think there's a there's a key word in that statement though, um, and that's that is opinion. Yeah, and that's all any of this is is people's opinion. It was Joe's opinion. Yeah, the people who are ranting about it, it's their opinion. Yeah, is you know none of, none of it is going to change anybody's mind. I certainly don't believe that Joe's original comment was designed to change anybody's mind. No, I think it was, it was more purely, of a rant than anything, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he opened his mouth. He said the wrong thing. Everybody does it. Yeah, I mean, JHS you know, said the wrong thing this week. Joe said the yeah. wrong thing this week. It's easy done. Um, yeah. I think that's where we're going to leave it. We're going to also um, put a link to the article in our Facebook page, 
um, so we can get some of our uh, listener opinions on this as well. Um, I'm going to be watching this with uh, bated <laughs> breath because I know I'm going to get slaughtered for some of the things that I've said. Maybe. But I just don't, I uh, don't see the point in getting upset about it. That's that's basically what I was trying to say. I think what what people need to understand as well is that our opinions on, on the podcast may not necessarily reflect our own opinions um, fully or... Um, wholly um because we do we we tend to when we when we're doing the podcast we come from a we try and like tackle it from all angles and see other people's opinions and put uh put opinions forward that may not necessarily be our own so um hopefully our listenership will be will be quite kind um anyway so if you do want to um follow that wonderful shitstorm of a <laughs> of an article um that will be in our uh fret talk podcast facebook group so facebook.com fret talk podcast uh within groups i don't think it's it's uh we're quite popular enough to get fret talk podcast slash facebook or whatever so um but hey ho we'll we'll still soldier on with that um if you want to find me i don't know there's it there's a few outside listeners so far, so um, yeah, no, no, it'll, it'll keep growing. Yeah, I mean we've got a uh, we've got a, a decent listenership going at the moment, uh, but I don't think Facebook have quite um, quite recognised our our stature. Um, no. Give it time. Not yet, but well, they will. Um, so if you want to want to catch me, it's uh, facebook.com/slash/budgetpedalchap. It's uh, instagram.com/slash/budgetpedalchap. Uh, if you go on YouTube and look, uh, search for budget pedal chap, all separate words, you will find me. I'm about the third one down at the moment. Um, th- I've got two videos. They're, they're quick, inst- uh, instructional, uh, guitar tips. So well worth a check out. Um, standard stuff, like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. It, it all helps. Uh, yep. we find you at don't panic dot co dot uk and don't panic dot com is that correct yeah and facebook.com slash don't panic blackpool correct oh you've been doing this too long i can remember your uh your your information paul (laughs) (laughs) we need some new blood (laughs) that's it some people who confuse me um so yeah i mean that's us for this week it's been an absolute belt of a podcast um just with the the releases and and what's been going on in the uh, guitar world this week um it's always always good fun to have you on paul um so yeah from from me your host budget pedal chap and from paul it's gonna be a good night from us and a good night from him (laughs) goodbye everybody